0: Well, yes, I'm running late this morning because just as I was leaving the house, I got a call from Kelly saying that her car was making a very strange, loud noise. And I told her to come straight home. I went out front as she drove by. It sounded like a uh, wild animal was living under her left rear wheel well. And it was like a metal on metal grating sound. So imagine you remove the brake pad and then use the brakes as you're going down the street and just grinding sound. But it was happening without her applying the brakes. So she got home, parked the car, went inside, called the dealership. And then I'm racing up here to record this episode. And just as I pull in the lot, she calls to say, hey, I'm taking the car to the dealership. But the strangest thing, it's not making any sound now. I'm like, well, that's magic. And she says, tell me I'm not crazy. And you heard this sound, right? And so the reality is, yeah, I heard the sound. I mean, the whole neighborhood heard the sound as she was coming down the street. But my answer to her was, I don't know what you're talking about. What sound? That was fun. <laughs> so there's a story of my morning with Kelly's car. So maybe it was an animal after all. Might have been. Like a Wolverine.
1: A lot of Wolverines in indie. Go blue. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, how did you you cap
1: off Father's Day?
0: Father's Day was capped off uh, on the couch, folding laundry, uh, watching a movie with my youngest. I can't remember the name of the movie. Um, Something miracle. But it's a it was a World War Two movie that he enjoys thoroughly, and then I might have fallen asleep during it. Yeah, Cause I'm officially old dad. I can't make it halfway through a movie anymore.
1: <laughs> Speaking of that dad, our dad, um, what do you think of the uh, the the bomb drop on us Father's Day? They announced that uh, they're selling their house that they've been in since I was two, so about twenty years.
0: That, that just hit me. Anyone? I had to think about that for a second. Went, Wait a minute, your math sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, well it does. Yeah, forty plus years in the same house. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I guess I knew the day was coming, but when when it finally was out, uh, it I don't know. It it
0: suddenly hit me, and then I don't know. I got weird about it. It's um, I don't. The first announcement was that they've purchased a new home, which. Doesn't really affect me a whole lot. I mean, I'm excited for them, I, quite frankly. I've seen the pictures of the house, and it's nicer than their current house. I feel like, yeah. uh, so that's kind of cool. I, the The emotional part will hit when it's moving day and they're moving out. That part will be really hard. Uh, I don't. Did they buy the house in seventy four? Then I thought it was seventy six, but I don't really know. Somewhere in there, I thought it was
1: uh, two when I when they moved in. But
0: only thing I know is that they owned that house before I was born. Uh, I was born mm-hmm. in. 78 blizzard baby blizzard of 78 an <laughs> Aquarius make love not War um, So yeah That's the only home I've ever known uh, So it's uh, it'll be hard When they move out that's for sure But happy for them uh, Happy that they've graduated to Single floor living <laughs> Something all of our knees can look forward to At some point
1: uh, I will agree that I like the house um, In yeah the Masters on the main which is the key but it's still a three-story house, essentially: basement, main floor, upstairs.
0: Yeah, which I was a little surprised about, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, and it has the basement um, is currently in at man cave status, and uh, I can see our dad, known as senior, spending a lot of time on the couch down there, falling asleep to movies, sports events, the news, about anything. We should get one of those like. Electronic Lazy Boy chairs where you push the button and it like lifts you up out of the chair. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you <laughs>
1: approach that with them. The fun part is our, today's guest is will have his own little room in the basement, too, so he can go over there and still hang out with him.
0: I think they call that the wine cellar. <laughs> of a wolverine sitting across the table from us uh, at least one maybe two notches down uh we have a buckeye in the room which is why the world's axis is on a slight tilt in the wrong direction uh, would you like to introduce yourself
2: oh absolutely um I'm, i actually come here from dover ohio uh i work for for the boys and i um, glad to be here this morning it's a little something different that i uh, didn't expect over the uh Years of working for them that I would be doing this, but uh, excited to be here and uh, see where it goes. What's your name? Oh, Les Yoder.
0: Les Yoder. <laughs> Les Yoder. O H. I O. Sucks. I know, it's terrible. What's it going to be like when IU, the Hoosiers, the Hoosh, go Hoosh, finally pulled off? Like, how much trash talk will you expect from us when we finally go <laughs> one in one million against you? In football.
2: Uh, that'll probably be the day that my cell phone breaks <laughs> and just disappears, so there's no contact allowed.
0: So. You you do realize that if and when, when and if, really just let's be honest, when IU knocks off Ohio State, that every preceding game in the record books ceases to exist, that we will become 1-0 and against you of all time.
2: Oh, absolutely, but I guess I, I think back on you guys can now do your own pictures with your own fans then because you'll fill the stadium up.
0: Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Touche. You're right. I look forward to that day. I was always, uh, for those of you wondering what Les is talking about, it was always IU photo day for the media guide and the, and the uh, programs when IU would host Ohio State at Memorial Stadium in Bloomington because it was always a sellout. At least back when I was in school in the late 90s, that was always the sellout. And they'd get a helicopter way up high where all you could see was reddish and whitish and couldn't quite tell that it was really scarlet, and, scarlet gray. and gray in the IU stadium to make it look really cool for the cover of a media guide slash program. But times are changing less <laughs> times are changing. Tom Allen has the train, uh, full speed ahead. Yeah,
2: that'll be good. Obviously. Uh, you know, I know you and you uh, both you guys and me go back and forth on basketball and football, but now uh, with the football program at IU gaining momentum, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch.
0: Don't even get me started and on basketball. Basketball's gonna
1: be interesting too. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to step our game up over here. Well, for anyone who doubted Woody coming into Assembly Hall, uh, I think he's got that train rolling already big time. Okay. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting.
0: It's gonna be fun. Let's Absolutely. break the ice here on some personal <laughs> stuff. I called you yesterday with a question, a work-related question, and in the background, I'm like, gosh, why does it sound like Les is shooting guns or something? (laughs) I don't know why I thought that, other than obviously the sound, and I'm like, where are you? And your answer was?
2: I was at the, uh, my son was shooting at the uh, Cardinal Center in Ohio uh, at a state competition for uh, skeet shooting.
0: So you're at the gun range. I was at the gun range. So I wasn't crazy.
2: Nope, you weren't crazy. I'm like, why does he
0: sound like he's shooting guns
2: right now? couple Because I'm
0: shooting guns.
2: A <laughs> couple hundred kids. Um, obviously, they shoot in squads of five, and uh, they shot uh, 200 rounds each per kid yesterday. So a lot of shooting, a lot of banging going on. It was a lot of fun.
0: Okay, so are they shooting – what are they shooting, 12-gauge, 18-gauge? Um,
2: a lot of them are at 12s, but some of the younger kids are at 20s. 20. But, um, you know, it's a 16-yard shot, and um, I, I, I just – we got into it a couple of years ago, and di- I guess I didn't realize how big it was. And it's not just with it, – it's with girls, boys, it's, it's everybody. And um, I will t- I'll be honest, I mean, some of the girls showing them boys up, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. But uh, obviously there's a lot of, um, I, I want to say there's 50 or 60 different um, ranges down there. So it's pretty pretty neat place.
0: So they shoot 200 shots. Mm-hmm. Do they shoot a set amount per round? Yeah, or? so
2: it's a 25. So when it, it, it's it squads of five, and they shoot, uh, there's five stations per range. And uh, they'll shoot 25 per, um, per setting. So do
0: all five kids do... You know, Five, five, s- and
2: five. Step one, then step yep. two, then yep. step three, and they just rotate They through. rotate around for 25 shots, and they do that.
0: And oh. is time at all a factor, or is it just hitting it? Just hitting it. And it doesn't matter how much you hit it, as long as you just barely nick it versus bullseye that thing and blow it into a million pieces. Absolutely.
2: It's as long as the judge sees, the, or the scoring person sees, that there's a chip or there's something, and it's it's considered a hit.
1: Did anyone get shot?
0: No. Okay. We call that winning. <laughs>
1: You were there that day. I was.
2: That was. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll save that for another episode. That's but. definitely a own episode. <clears throat> that's been yeah. what,
0: twelve years ago. It's, yeah, it's something like be that. A while. I I that part got <laughs> scraped. Still got one of them right in here somewhere. Anyway, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> well, that's cool. I I I'm not a big gun person, and I'm not a big hunter. Although I when I'm doing it, it's fun. Uh, but I went clay shooting this last winter once and it was a ton of fun
2: yeah I mean the thing about it is is you see um the range of age of kids too i mean some very young kids getting in involved in it and you know one of the things that that the very early on when they start practicing is this gun safety uh, i mean they have to go through yeah. rigorous programs to do that so obviously um, we keep it safe and fun and keep the, the kids
0: and the parents enjoy it so you tell them to aim for the top hat that's right <laughs> so it was my I'm with my wife and an, another couple and it's my turn to go on the very first stand and they're just coming from below me basically like foot level out in front and I I mean I completely missed like the first five or six I'm like this I suck at shooting apparently and then the the guy that was our guide also coaches so he's a competitive team coach for youth absolutely and uh, he said, what are you aiming at? I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm aiming at the clay disc shooting out right. in front of me. And he's like, well, imagine it has a top hat on. So I I'm, immediately I thought of Mr. Peanut, his <laughs> little top hat with a little spectacle. And I'm like, oh, or a monocle, really, a monocle, yeah. right? And have, yeah, so I, I, every time I, a thing went out, I just imagined it was Mr. Peanut going for a ride. And it was the best advice. I'm, I mean, I, I hit almost every one the rest of the session. Little top hat. Mr. There you go. Now you can start shooting competition. And Mr. Peanut's no more, right? Didn't they get rid yeah. of Mr. Peanut because he was old, too old-timey? They're trying to rebrand? Uh-huh. Like, man, I think now it's like Baby Peanut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's also <laughs> another episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we already touched on the fact that there's a Ohio connection. Why don't you why don't you give our, our viewers a a taste of where you're from and, and your background.
0: You do realize that if he talks more about Ohio and Ohio State, that all three of our followers are going to unfollow us. No, we'll actually get several more. Anyway, we, can, we can go to
2: a, yeah. Well, we can go to a bigger uh, bigger pool it's because I'm a Ohio State fan. I'm a you know Flash uh, graduate Kent State, so uh, we could you know go down that road too. But uh, <laughs> anyhow.
0: <laughs> nothing against Kent state, but the Ohio state lo- alumni basis. Larger. <laughs>
2: yep. Absolutely.
0: All right. So
1: talk to us.
2: Yeah. So, um, obviously I was born and raised in Holmes County, Ohio. Um, so and for those who don't know anything about Holmes County, it's in
1: 30 the seconds or less. Largest
2: Amish community in, in, um, you know, in the States, um, large furniture cabinet market, um, A lot of tourists, obviously. Uh, You look at the, there's really three main Amish communities, but they continue to get bigger and and more of them. Um, And, you know, Holmes County is probably, between the one in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and Holmes County are probably, you know, the two biggest ones on the market. But, uh, obviously, uh, pulls a lot of tourists. Um, Over the last uh, 20 years, the communities have really, flourished in the furniture and cabinet markets and uh, been very profitable, which has brought um, obviously um, our business to the next level also because of, uh, you know, supplying uh, raw materials to them finishes and coatings and stuff like that. So
1: uh, our Millersburg, Ohio facility and then, some out of the Elkhart, Indiana facility as well, correct?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, our Millersburg facility obviously services the, the local market, but when you start going to the western side of Ohio, our Elkhart facility you know, takes care of that just it, it makes sense as logistic-wise to, to handle that.
0: But and to so, interrupt, for, for our lay people out there listening, uh, Holmes County is a county with, with several small towns within it, uh, but in our world, in our industry, it's just sort of a parlance for – a, one of the Amish markets, or really one of the coatings markets that we serve. So when we say Holmes County, it's sort of code to talk about a specific geographic market uh, beyond just an area on a map. And when we talk about furniture and cabinets, kitchen cabinets, uh, on, at the base level, the Amish communities, for the most part, for their means of income, there are two primary industries that they work within. One is woodworking, so manufacturing of anything made out of wood, whether it be a one-guy shop or a 500-man shop, uh, Amish-owned and primarily Amish-worked, or they hire English. English is just another word we use for anything non-Amish. And uh, if, so if they're either in the woodworking industry or typically they're in agriculture, you know, farming. So... Uh, just a quick bit of background there for the for the lay listener
2: yeah absolutely um we actually have seen obviously on the wood side uh continue to grow and and you know over the the last 20 some years you have, you always question how big can it get and i think it we, we nobody can answer that but it just continues to get bigger and bigger which is a great thing for them mm-hmm. so
1: how and that, that's maybe maybe an easy question to answer um but how did you then get into this business Yes, um, so it
2: was through, uh, later on, um, up in my high school years, um, I actually, me and another guy partnered up Um. and and uh, started a custom finish shop. Um, one of the local builders um, kind of confronted us on doing some, you know, some custom finishing because he didn't want to do it. So, so that's kind of where it started, and we, we kind of grew it from there. And over the years— and You guys uh, just did finishing. You just weren't finishing building any furniture at all. Nope, just finishing. Nope. Yep. Um, started out, uh, when we started doing that, um, we actually started, um, obviously the brand is gone, but it was the Lily products back then. And, um, it grew and I ended up buying my partner out. And over the years, um, it was, it was, it was probably five, six years we were into it as like, you know, I had an opportunity to sell and I did. And at that point, um, I was using assessor products and they say, Hey, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm not quite sure. So you want a job? Absolutely. So I came on board, um, just basically in, in the production area, um, working on the inside. And, um, you know, 21 years later, here we are. And um, now the operation manager and, and running our facilities and taking care of our tech reps and stuff like that. So uh, it's been a good, really
0: good journey. It was like a tractor beam. <laughs> Sucked them right in. <laughs> what movie is that from? Oh, come on. Men in Black? Dumb and Dumber. There you go. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jeff. (laughs) I know you're watching.
1: (laughs) How long ago has that been? You've been with us
0: longer than I have.
2: Yeah, so I came on board in December of 2000.
0: Okay. So so just before. Yeah. 2000? You've been with us for 80 years? I have. Feels like it. It feels like it. Yeah. 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 But you look younger now than you did when you started. It's amazing. What, because I trimmed the beard? That's a good start. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting a little cray, getting a little, getting yeah. a little Billy Goatish.
1: So when you first started, you said you were in production, like, well, just making batches. you doing, co- you were probably doing color work too, though. I think based on your experience, so yeah, a little bit of everything.
2: Um, at the time I was brought in, there was a color matcher, uh, another production person, a delivery guy, and myself, and then obviously a customer service person at, at in Ohio branch, and. Um, at that point I took over kind of running it in a way because I was doing the ordering and, uh, working with the corporate product, um, purchasing agent. Cause everything got shipped in from card at that time still. Yep. And, uh, it just kind of grew from there. And, and obviously, um, senior involved, senior being, you know, the, the president at the time, uh, it kind of just kept growing from there. And, um, I don't remember that what year it was, but it wasn't that far into it. Um, I remember sitting in in Columbus at a, a German restaurant that I met your, your guys' father at. and Said, "Hey, you want to get in sales?" I'm like, "I don't really thought about it, but sure, let's give it a shot." So obviously, that uh, you know the next step of uh, in, in in my career with you guys is is was in the sales and and taking on the branch and just continue to grow from there. Yeah. So how'd that go for you? It's been great been great i have obviously you know you guys know i, I love senior um we've uh probably for a different cast maybe it's uh things that happen on the road with senior and i but
0: he may not want to talk about that <laughs> we don't want to hear it <laughs> la 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 <laughs> oh good so let's go back even further let's go let's talk about a little less all little right baby, little maybe less uh-huh. so you can speak the Amish Dutch to some degree. Yes, I can. And tell us where you picked that up. Cause you didn't grow up Amish, but it's in the family lineage. So you're, you're not just a guy who sells into the market or lives in the market, but truly, you know, understand the culture firsthand.
2: Yeah. Um, so my dad, uh, grew up Amish. Um, uh, my mom was a conservative Mennonite. Um, dad never joined a church, um, and obviously he met mom and, um, they stayed as a conservative Mennonite. So growing up with mom and dad, <clears throat> mom spoke Dutch and Swiss and obviously English. So, um, and I get myself into trouble because I will, I will start a conversation in Dutch, but my Swiss will come out and guy will look at me like, what did you just say? I'm like, i had to think about that one for a minute, I threw a little Swiss in there. So just having both parents, um, talk at some, but probably the more, the biggest thing was, is the neighborhood kids were Amish and I hung out with them. And that was my, you know, after school, that's what we did. We, we hung out and played ball or whatever. And, um, you know, in the Amish culture, um, that's all they speak at home. And then usually when they start going to school and, 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 and some families are different today, but a lot of everything they talk in, at home is, is the Pennsylvania Dutch. So I just, Kind of just picked it up, just being around it all them years.
0: How much of a difference is there between, we'll call it Pennsylvania Dutch and Swiss? Um, two different languages. Or it's more of a two. Dialect diff- no,
2: it's two different languages. Um, I mean, it's some of it is is uh, the Pennsylvania Dutch is a is a, a shoot off of German. Um, but then there are certain dialects of the of Dutch that have a little bit of the Swiss in it, especially in our. Um, uh, when I say the southeastern corner of in Indiana down around Decatur area some of that will some of them mom which actually have more Swiss into it uh, than than the German side so you know that's where I I picked up on it obviously going to school uh, the local grade schools you know, them, you know going to school with them and you just learned it so um you know, that's
0: so Heather off camera off Mike Heather our resident room mom uh, I know she's dying to hear you say something in in Dutch or Swiss or something. Um,
2: Wie bist du? How are you?
0: Bien, gracias. (laughs) (laughs) You too. (laughs) All right. Well, there you go. There you go. You okay, Heather? (laughs) She loves a man with an accent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You proceed. talked about uh, so your current role,
1: operations manager for mm-hmm. Assessa. What would you say you spend most of the time on these days? In
2: the last, keep it clean. Yep, I will. <laughs> I would say in the last twelve, uh, say six to eighteen months, has been recruiting people. Um, it's it's challenging. Um, and and I know we've all talked about it. Is is you know, thinking outside the box, how do you recruit really good people? Um, And and it's not necessarily looking for people that uh, have experience, but just getting good people and training them. Um, And I think that's probably, I'm I'm speaking for a lot of people out there, is, you know, just finding good people. Um, And then obviously you want to look at, you know, once you find them good people is getting some good training programs behind them. And uh, I think now's the time that you really need to look at that and, and say, all right, we're doing everything we can to do that. And I think, I think a lot of us probably say no, but you know, they something we need to improve on and, and try to get them people on board.
1: Yeah, actually, I actually had a conversation last night with someone who's in a different industry, um, saying the same thing. They they do uh, they build commercial buildings. Ha- he couldn't remember how many open. They have a bunch of openings, can't get them filled. Um, and then I saw on LinkedIn, yeah, I think it was yesterday as well or over the weekend, some large company and it escapes me who it was now, but they have like two thousand openings that they can't fill. And so it's going to like, okay, we're going to stop operating the way we would normally do because we, we can't continue to do so. We don't yeah. have the people.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it is, it's, it is a challenge. And, and, you know, looking back through, even through the COVID, I mean, who knew that this was going to be the biggest challenges coming out of COVID is just manpower. Right. Um, you know, you go down the road and obviously I, you know, I get to travel a little bit for work and it, it doesn't matter if I'm in Ohio or if I'm in, in, in Denver, Colorado, um, it's the same story um, for hire signs everywhere. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, are they doing signing bonuses? Are they doing open interviews? And
1: um, I mean, it's it's a different world out there when it comes to hiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of Starbucks, I just saw there was a, a couple of local stores that changed their hours because they don't have the staff. And I think I've seen other restaurants or retail stores do the same thing. They just they don't have anybody to fill oh, it. I, modify the route. Yeah,
0: that's a big thing in the news right now is talking about the uh, exodus of employment from the retail space because people, you know, why they took a job in retail is, I don't know. I mean, there are, there's a ton of different reasons, uh, but there are many in retail that have found that there are other, call it um, office jobs, other careers that offer a, a longer path of growth out there. That are not in retail, and they're saying, "I don't want this retail job because I don't have a lot of path for growth. It's a dead end job, my uh, either for promotion or income." And they're going out and getting, uh, you know, call it office jobs or manufacturing or whatever it is that offer a you know, more stepping stones along a path. Uh, yeah, my thought on that was, okay, assessa.com jobs at assessa.com. Come on over. You want to leave retail? We don't really care what your background is you just need to be a good person who wants to learn and work hard. And, uh, you, you may have a shot to, to join the scene. We have about eight openings right now. Close to yeah, it. Yeah.
2: Close to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean,
2: obviously, uh, uh, as Joe said, you know, assessor.com jobs, you know, come on over. I mean, uh, um, we aren't a, we aren't a huge company, um, but we're, we're big enough to where there is opportunities for growth. I think I'm a, a good example of that, uh, you put in the time and, and the hard work, I mean, you'll go places and be able to do different things and, and see a lot of different new ideas and, and things like that throughout the company. Yep.
1: You mentioned COVID, and we talked about this in our first episode, but for that stretch of, let's say, the first three to six months when things were literally shut down uh, in the first couple of months there and then start, slowly started opening back up, but it allowed us to all to kind of take a step back. And uh allowed us to look, you know, at the business from a, a higher altitude and work on it versus in it from an operational standpoint. Mm-hmm. What would you say with the I mean, I know what they were, but what would you say were the key topics of discussion, let's say March, April mm-hmm. of May of last year, and then what have we done since that time? Uh, primarily, you know, reinvestment into different facilities and things like that, and um, talk about that a little bit yeah so
2: one of the uh, uh, things that, you know, when when march when uh you know everything started shutting down and nobody really knew what was going to happen uh, I, I i looked back and and there was a lot of zoom calls a lot of phone calls between uh, you guys and myself and the, and the management team of, of discussions of where where's this going to go and what do we need to do to prep our facilities for re- for basically, we, we never closed, but for our customers to reopen. And some of it was technology, you know, what what new technologies out there, some of the technology we, we were already investing in, and uh, what was the next step, and that's what we did. I mean, some of the, the equipment is obviously uh, uh, getting new data colors uh, in, in the rest of our facilities. We had started that program about three or four years ago. Uh, we went ahead and, um, and purchased the rest of them. So um, there's photospectrophotometers uh, photo spectrophotometers in every facility now, um, some automatic filling equipment, uh, some shakers. I mean, it was just, it was just a random of a lot of different items that just did imp- improve our efficiency in our labs
1: in, in in the production area. And you're talking about multiple facilities receive a lot of these upgrades. Oh, absolutely. Um, so the, <clears throat> The
2: last three, um, so in the last 30 days, I've set up uh, the new uh, data color in Ohio, uh, Chicago, and um, Jasper, our our newest uh, uh, satellite location is in Jasper, Indiana, which this week I'm gonna be setting up there. Uh, That's the last piece of equipment that needs to be set up. Um, I feel like I'm, oh, Denver. I knew I was missing one. Um, We set up the uh, Denver's location. And, obviously, there was a lot of planning going on. I I mentioned something about the Jasper uh, location. Uh, There was a lot of planning through COVID to get that up and running, which it is up and running now. Um, Everything is in place, and we're starting to do color matches, and everything's good down there.
1: Awesome. So, going to the need to fill all these positions and the difficulty with doing so right now, do you think there's any more opportunity where efficiency – and equipment investment could maybe help offset the inability to hire. Obviously, some positions, yeah. a machines not going to replace it. Yeah. But uh, do you think there's any opportunity for that at all? I think there is some. Um, and if I look at the look at you'll get at sixty
2: thousand foot and look at the company right now, uh, where our pain points are, and that's the labs, um, yeah. color matching. Uh, everything is custom these days. There, there's not a you know I go back fifteen years ago and I remember cart making, you know. 100-gallon batch of one stain, uh, them days are gone. It's now, you know, I want a gallon of this and a gallon of that, and it's putting a lot of pressure on our labs to, to create all this stuff. So you look at what technology is out there for lab people. Uh, I think we've we've invested a lot of money into that, um, and I think now it's just really come down on that side of us, just finding people to utilize the equipment we have and, and take us to the next level.
0: Yeah. So what is – we, we talk investment in equipment and automation, which does obviously the benefit of that's efficiency, mm-hmm. uh, maybe doing more with less. But as you just mentioned, there's a, there's a breaking point there where we, we're not going to fully automate our company and, and just have a bunch of robots running around. Um, we've got a, We've got a, a fantastic crew on board now that are working their tails off. We're trying to provide relief in specific areas Where's the concern on burnout? I don't think any of us can say we can avoid burnout. And that's a big topic right now um, across many industries, especially as people are coming out of COVID, coming out of work from home and facing that transition back to working in the office full-time, part-time, depending on the company and the industry. Did you see the Bumble news? The Bumble news? Yeah, that Uh, that Bumble. That Bumble. (laughs) They they and a couple
1: others are doing a... Week off for all employees, like literally shutting everything down. There's to be no communication, no like all systems are turned off, everything for an entire week. Interesting.
0: Just as as like a hey mandatory vacation.
1: Yeah, they're kind of like some are calling it a well wellness week or or what have you.
0: I like the idea. I'm gonna do that. I'm not saying we're gonna do that. <laughs> so I'm gonna do that. Y'all, you you can not call me, you can't text me, you can't email me, you can't MS Teams me. Um, so I don't think we can avoid burnout. It's not something that you can just escape, but when it, when we start feeling that, what are some ways, some thoughts do you have on how to handle burnout to try and minimize it, hit the reset button and, and come back in?
2: Yeah. Um, I, I have a very good question. It's a, it's a, it's not an easy question to answer. Uh, cause I think every, every individual and every employee has its own, their own tolerances. Um, but obviously knowing our employees and knowing where we're at, it is something that I'm watching all the time. Um, and, and I think it's coming up with creative ideas to reward them. Um, and obviously knowing they need to know that we're doing everything we can to hire people and get more people on board. Um, them seeing that I think is a relief also say, Hey, we're not just sitting back, just waiting for people. We're trying to recruit. We're trying to get people on, but, um, and, and I encourage our employees, and I know you guys do, to use their vacation times and their holiday times. Um, but, you know, I still run into some challenges on that because they look at, uh, um, they don't want to take off because we're behind. Um, and to me, that's, that's something they need to do is they take their time off to, to hit the refresh button and come back. And, uh, and we need to be able to do that as a company and be okay with it. And I know we are, uh, but just encourage it more.
0: Yeah, we, we do have our um it, it's the this the, the, the common suspects it seems like, but we do have too many people. I mean even one is too many that don't use all their vacation time because they just think, well, I can't take the day off. I'm I'm too busy or the week off or a long weekend and and some might say, Well, it's good. You've got good hard workers and the reality is no, that's not good because it's not good for, for your physical or mental health. We need We need people to consume all their vacation and PTO and things like that. That's what they're there for.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. One of the questions we're we're hitting the ceiling here. Well, we talked about the
1: investments in the equipment Mm -hmm. and how those can improve efficiency and whatnot. And most of that's centered around our company. But do you, when you go out and see some of the customers, uh, like we all have, and you go into certain facilities and you see investments that they're making at the same time to do the same type of thing. Um, and see, It's a much broader range than just us, obviously. What other things do you see down the road, either for us or others, that uh, you find intriguing from an operational standpoint?
2: Um, probably the, the biggest thing is, is the technology part of it because it, it goes back to I, – I, I, I fall back to manpower. Um, And I I don't think it's going to be a 12 to 24 month, hey, you know, in 24 months, we have all these employees are ready to go. I I think this is going to be a long drawn out process. So what what I think what that's creating is people to look outside the box and say, all right, what equipment out there, what technology is out there that we can implement to do what what people are doing because the resources aren't there. So I think over the next couple of years, we're going to see some pretty cool items coming out in, in the finishing world um, just the technology out there. Um, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be good. Um, but I think it's going to based on technology and trying to get, uh, get as much automation
1: as we can in, in the industry. Yeah. So I know we have a meeting this afternoon, but what would you say is your number one goal for the remainder of this year without, you know, relaying any top secret strategy? Hiring people, hiring good yeah. people.
2: Um, because, it, it, you know, obviously the sales guys, the sales managers are going to be looking at the sales aspect of it. But on the operations side, we got to be able to take care of it. We're right. uh, bringing on new customers, and, and we don't have the, the right staffing or the proper staffing in place to handle the new customers. Um, it's going to be a bumpy road. Um, but just getting getting enough people and the right people on the bus and uh, making sure that when new opportunities come by, it's an easy transition for them customers to bring them on. Second, Jim's,
0: Jim Collins, good to great reference. People, oh, people on the bus, snow falling into place. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, someone knows what that's from? Simpsons. Oh, Simpsons. Simpsons! Come on, Mister Burns. Release the hounds. Uh, <laughs> oh, Smithers. <You laughs> Sounds like you do you have
2: might. a lot of TV time.
0: Nope, just a memory for all the random stuff I don't need to remember. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, uh, As we wrap up, uh, and our listeners are hitting their their, uh, end of the road here, any questions for us?
2: What made you guys decide to do a podcast? Kind of threw me
1: for a loop a little bit.
0: Uh, My answer is easy. Vince told me I had to. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me one bit.
1: (laughs) Um, We like to do something different, right? Uh, Podcasts are certainly – there's a a ton of them out there right now. But, uh, you know, we talk about – Um, our roles in terms of employees, like our sales reps, they're, not, they're sales reps, but we call them coding consultants. We have tech reps, they're technical coding consultants or chemical consultants and technical chemical ins- consultants. Um, I think it's just, it's, it's all about providing knowledge as well as gaining knowledge from our guests and, and whatnot um, and sharing that with, with the world, I guess, or really with our, our community base and of customers and, and, and future customers, prospects and, and the others. Um, and just talking about industry, I think it's a it's an exciting time because technology is affecting everything now, um, including our industrial world. And so to, you know, bring various issues to light and talk about what's coming, what's next, you know, et cetera, uh, is, is, I think, kind of part of our duty. And so it just made sense. And we had this cool studio to to utilize and
0: and we're almost famous. I mean, Matt Lauer, Tony Khan, <laughs> wanna be Tom Cruise. I was like eighth grade, I think. I'm gonna have to dig up this photo. He wanted a haircut to look like Tom Cruise, and got for his school photos. That was fly. Didn't look like Tom Cruise, but it was fly. I'm gonna pull up that photo and post that <laughs> shit out there. Um, all right, for our listeners, what ways do you, if you're a, a man, especially if you're a manager or an employer, um, or if you're on the other end of that. What are some ways that you uh, avoid burnout or handle burnout? What are some thoughts or ideas you have for employee recruitment and retention? Hit us up on our YouTube channel, like it, subscribe to it, place hit the notification on bell. Yep, hit the bell, ding ding. Um, comment on it, send us your feedback on on ideas you have for employment engagement. Uh, again, recruitment, retention, uh, handling burnout, benefits, things of that nature. Uh, or shoot us an email info at assessor.com info at assessor.com on this topic or any other topics you'd like us to discuss. uh, We will love your ideas and feedback. Les, thank you. Thank you guys. It's fun. Thank you, Lester. All right. And that is a wrap.